Hey everybody, welcome back to So You Want to Be in Ministry. I'm Tim, and we are all about getting you to the finish line that God has put in front of you. We try to do that through educating you if you're thinking about jumping in, equipping you if you're already in, and encouraging you if you're uh, just discouraged and thinking about jumping out. We want to be a resource for you to just keep going, make it to that next day, make it to that next week, uh, and keep pursuing after what God has put in front of you. Today, we are going to be uh, having a conversation with my wife, and we're going to really focus on some of the uh, things that we had to navigate early in our ministry uh, career and just as a pastor, pastor's wife, and I wanted her to be able to share some of her story because being a pastor's wife and the spouse of a church staff member, it is kind of unique. Uh, it, it's a little bit different because uh, the church world's a little bit different. Maybe you've already experienced that. Maybe you haven't. Uh, but we wanted to talk through some of the things that we've experienced. What we've experienced is not true of everyone. Sometimes <laughs> some of the stories that we shared, sometimes it's worse. And sometimes it's like, oh, I've never really experienced that before. Uh, but we wanted to give at least some, and, and I wanted to give my wife an opportunity to talk about that a little bit, and she was willing to. So uh, let's get into it, and uh, here's Rachel Wyrock with the interview about being a uh, spouse of a pastor. Well, hey there. <laughs> we, uh, we're, do we're doing this podcast uh, interview together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we both yeah. fit on screen, apparently. I wasn't sure how this was going to work out. It worked out okay. Making that work. We're making it work. Um, so I was very excited that you said you were willing to be on here. I was a little bit surprised you were willing to be on here too. So, uh, we're jumping in. Why don't you tell everybody kind of your story of how you ended up in ministry with me? <laughs> um, when I was in high school, I had a pastor's wife who really took me under her wing um we did i had piano lessons at her house she did some bible studies for the younger girls um and i it was like then i decided like i really wanted to be like her i felt like god was calling me to be a pastor's wife my junior year of high school I visited a few colleges, um, Faith Baptist Bible College, Cedarville, and... Some, is it Summit? It was Baptist Bible College, but it's yeah. Summit University now. I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah. Uh, I decided I really liked the smaller atmosphere of faith. I was there with my group. You were there. I was. <laughs> just so, just if you don't know, I was a junior in college when she shows up to check out colleges. So, yeah, that was. I wasn't interested until the end of the weekend. Uh, we looked you up in the photo book. What do we call that? The hog log? Yeah, we did call it the hog log. <laughs> I don't even know how I got one because I wasn't a student there and it said that tim wanted to be a pastor i knew that's what i wanted to be and that's the story i guess yeah i mean just so she didn't say it but uh she 100 percent uh asked me out like uh, to be boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever it was at the time it was several decades ago 
Uh, I didn't really ask you out. I just let you know I was interested. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. It was. I I had grown gun shy. Too many girls had taken a pass on Tim, and so <laughs> my sister's letter. She's good friends with my sister too. They let her know. Uh, hey, Tim does like you, but you have to tell him, and she did. And so here we are. Yeah. So, walk us through a little bit further. Like, what was it like early in marriage? Because we did jump into ministry fairly early after getting married and so uh after getting married like what were the emotions and things you were walking through going from married life very new we were for all intents and purposes we were newlyweds they always say that the first year was the hardest and i thought it was the easiest like i feel like we both went to work we went to the movies a lot (laughs) We went to the mall. Um, We did try to get into ministry, a fairly small church. Weren't going to pay us a whole lot. And tried to get jobs there, and it just didn't work out. And so we were like, let's just wait. And then uh, we heard of a church closer to my family, and then we went there. And took a really significant pay cut to do that. Mm-hmm. We struggled a lot that year. Um, I always tell Tim that we, uh, I just thank God for like, he blessed us that year and the fact like nothing, our car didn't break down. Um, we always seem to have enough to get us by. But other than that, it, that was. A really big struggle mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> during that time I worked at a different church as a secretary and Tim was looking for a different job and the lady there was like oh I have a neighbor who says their church needs a youth pastor and so like the rest was history after that yep um and we stayed there for nine nine years yep just, it was almost 10. We were just shy of 10 years. Yeah. And um, toward the end, like, there were a few times where we were like, I don't know if this is where we're supposed to be. Um, but we kind of had an interim to- in the middle of while we were there. And we got a new pastor. And he, I told Tim, I was like, we need to stay. I want to see what he's going to do at the church. And... That's when I think you grew a ton. So I'm, I am glad we stayed. And toward the end of when we were there, um, that's when our daughter was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of already like, mm, maybe it's time to go. But I felt like after that, it was definitely, we needed, it was time for you to spread your wings. And do something a little more stretching than what yeah, we were, yeah. but also like we needed the, like we needed to be able to provide for our family, yep. um, in a different way. So, uh, you talked about you looked up to this pastor's wife, and it kind of started stirring that inside of you. I, I would even say Holy Spirit stirring that inside of you about min- full time ministry, and that that could potentially be your future at least on a spouse level. Um, did you have any visions of grandeur going into ministry where you're like, oh, we're going to go in, like, 
did you have this picture and this vision of how this was all going to look? And then how did that turn out? I don't know if I had any visions of grandeur, but I definitely wasn't expecting that first year of like, not like, I felt like we were barely surviving. Like I remember one time, like the, I don't know what you would call him, but the guy who wrote the paychecks at your the church or yeah. 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 He came up to me and he like we got paid weekly mm-hmm. and I was like and he came up to me one time he's like why don't you deposit your check like why do you always wait and I was like well I usually wait two weeks because it feels like I'm putting more money into the bank. I so, forgot about that. So I I wasn't expecting that and I wasn't expecting like uh the associate pastor there really took us under his wing and was like, like they fed us from their table or if we got food out, he'd like, they'd be like, Oh, just get something small or whatever. Like for us, like we'd pay for it. And then they provided the rest. Like we get like tacos from Taco Bell, which weren't very expensive. Um, Almost every Sunday night that would happen right it was sunday night uh yeah almost every sunday night and then things happened at the church they ended up leaving and i know it was a rough circumstance for them and they still they ended up giving us money to help us pay for our insurance um there was i know they're going through a really rough time and they're still helping us it was pretty wild so it's just being on staff can be a very humbling experience and it's also like like just to see how people help out is amazing yeah one one lesson i think you this may be true for you too but one lesson i had to learn early on was to accept a gift and say thank you i think that's what he 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 did that our associate pastor would he would say that he'd go tim just take it and say thank you and uh, he's like you need to learn to just it's okay to get some help from other people. And I had to do that over and over. And now when somebody um, is just like, hey, we want to help you. And I I tend to just kind of go, uh, thank you <laughs> and accept it. Uh, and that heavily comes from what he told me at that point. Yeah. How do you how do you go about as a pastor's wife? How do you go about developing relationships and friendships within the church? Because, you know, like if if I ended up moving to a different church, like you're navigating that where you just, maybe you lost friendships. Uh, maybe like it, it's kind of, I know it's gotta be a little bit difficult. Like how do you, how do you navigate that? So I would say I am, a well, the younger I was, I felt like I was more of a shy person. Like I really don't, like, even now, like, when we go to the store and I have a question, like, I'll make one of our kids go find a worker and ask because I just don't want to do it. Uh, just so you can understand why I'm amazed she's <laughs> doing this right now, okay? Based off that answer. Okay, go ahead. Um, But I feel like being in ministry, it's hard to have friends because you can't share, like, what's on your heart and you can't share all the time what is going on and i would say you have to be careful what you share it doesn't mean you yeah. can't 
but you do have to be careful. Yeah. Um. So I would say probably at any church, I really only had maybe like one really good friend that I could talk to. Um. And they've all been great, uh, amazing people. I love them all. Um, it's just really hard to have. How do you pick out if this is a person I can trust? Like, because trust has to develop. How do you how do you figure that out? So, probably our first church and the church we're at now. Um, probably my friends I talk to the most were on staff. So you okay. can usually trust people there if you're on a staff with them because they're already going to know all the things anyway. Mm -hmm. um, my The church we were at in the middle, I she's just amazing. Yep. I just love her. Yep. You, there was definitely one friend that proved trustworthy. Yes. Could you describe some of the characteristics or maybe the events that you walk through with her that go, I can trust her. Well, I served with her. We did an Awana clubs. I served with her through that. Um, we both made it a point to like, like her kid, her oldest has severe food allergies. And I also helped in the nursery. So I tried to be very careful with him, make sure he was not eating what he shouldn't. And we had stuff that he could eat. Um, and she would do the same for our, like, girls because her girls are pretty similar age to them. Like, I think her youngest and my oldest were, they're either the same age or a year apart. Mm -hmm. So just working with her like that, um, you know, you can trust somebody usually. You, you probably have, like, little moments where you're like, ah. Like, I know one thing for me is uh i will test I'll, I'll do a little bit of testing where i'll give somebody something where i'm a little bit uncomfortable mm -hmm. that i told it to them but not so uncomfortable if it got out it would be devastating and then when nobody hears of it i'm like okay this is somebody i can actually trust to kind of talk to and so then i might go a little bit further with some vulnerability the next time and as they keep proving themselves eventually i just start saying whatever like it becomes very natural just talking just go hey this isn't something to share but this is it and uh, i'm trying to navigate this so i mean i have friends outside of the church mm -hmm. i this year is the first year i've really worked in the last decade mm -hmm. i was stay-at-home mom mm -hmm. so that makes it even harder to find friends but now like i have friends at work and mm -hmm. i don't know just I'm kind of introverted. Like, I don't love to go out and do stuff with, you like. Yeah, you tend to have closer, deeper relationships with fewer people. Like, you'll be friendly with everyone. Yeah. Or most everyone, you know, that you come in contact with. But you'll have really deep, close relationships with, a, like, a select few or a, a smaller group, you know. Okay. Um... What should, so you're, you're a spouse of a pastor, you've been a spouse of a pastor for close to 20 years, if you can believe that. Uh, what, I'm not that old. Yeah, what a, it's still 20. I'm really 20. 24. No, you're not. You're not. Um, what could you tell other spouses? So maybe 
maybe their husband's getting ready to jump in and be a pastor. Maybe their wife is looking at jumping onto a church staff, like whatever. Um, what should they expect as a spouse? Like what should, what should they be watching their spouse walk through? What's the expectation? Church is a very eye-opening experience. Like, you feel like it's you're going to go into church. Everybody wants to serve God. And you get there, and people have their own agendas. People just want to, like, be there to make trouble. Like, Sometimes. <laughs> like, troublemakers. <laughs> like, we're all in junior high or something. Can be that way sometimes. Um, you really have to, I don't know, it's like you got to guard your heart, but yeah. you want to be open mm -hmm. to people too. Like, So let's take two different sides then. How would you encourage them to support their spouse that's on the church staff or that is the pastor? Um, I feel like knowing when you need to tell your um, spouse what you hear because people will come up to you and complain about your spouse like like hello <laughs> like do you know, do you know i was a wife like why are we talking about this like i'm always gonna be his number one fan so you really gotta watch that and then if you hear something that they need to know, like, yes, you need to tell them what is going on because they might not be hearing it. Yeah, and that can be positive and negative. So it could be yeah. ne negative, like, feedback where it's like, hey, this is something you need to be aware of because it's out there. But it could be positive, too, where it's like, hey, you might want to check in on so-and-so because they're like where that's happened several times where I'm like, I didn't even know that they were in the hospital or I didn't mm -hmm. know. like, And you heard it, but I didn't. And so you've supported me in that role. Or, like, giving them the gentle nudge when you, they need to do stuff. Like, um, we had a woman here at our church that had a medical emergency, and her husband called at night, and you didn't want to answer the phone because it's past work hours. And it wasn't like, just past work hours. Yeah, it was, it was pretty it was, late. It was, it, was, it was almost past bedtime hours yeah so. and i was like no i feel like you need to you need to answer that call and i'm really glad you did because yeah, i'm really glad you nudged me because it was absolutely necessary uh yeah like, so that's another good one yeah. just being the, like ministry feels like it's 24 7 mm -hmm. you don't really get a whole lot of breaks and like sometimes that's the reminder like we work all the time like people need you people need us so so there's the expectation and how you step in and support but how do you um what should be the expectation from the church like you're coming in what kind of things should a spouse of a church staff member or pastor expect to happen from the church well i don't think my personal opinion you need to ask questions and be like are you wanting a two-for-one deal because that's that shouldn't be happening if they're just paying your spouse so you're saying two-for-one deal yes like two of us are basically going to be church staff members but you're yeah, only actually like are you going to play piano or are you going to run a ministry okay um 
things like that. Like So on that level, what is a fair expectation then from a church? I feel like the pastor's wife, spouse, um, obviously they should be expected to serve mm-hmm. um just like any other member, mm-hmm. but you have to know like the spouse does stuff behind the scenes that people don't see. Like I always tell you, like my ministry should be like being your sounding board because (laughs) that takes up a lot of time sometimes and you have to be there and be an encouragement to your spouse. So I don't think the church sees that a whole lot, but we spend a lot of time doing that. Yeah. Just that. Yeah. So most likely she's the first person that's heard what's in my head after I've externally processed processed it with myself. (laughs) (laughs) He talks to himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just recently preached a message where I I, I shared that my oldest daughter, uh, she she tells on me, but she she said, if you get up early in the morning and you listen really closely, you can hear dad arguing with himself. It's true. Yeah. (laughs) I... I knew it was true. I did not realize she could hear me, <laughs> but she told on me, and uh, uh, but that's true. Like after I kind of process with myself, I tend to come to you and be like, "Hey, I need to bounce something off of you." And I don't do everything. There's things that I do kind of keep to myself because I don't want to burden you with it. But then there's other things where I really do need someone to process it with. So. I think the church needs to realize, like, I mean, there's different seasons of life, but you can't expect the same amount of time out of the spouse as you do the person that you're paying Mm -hmm. because behind the scenes, like you, sometimes you're gone a lot Mm -hmm. and I'm the one at home taking care of all the kids. Like, I feel like that's one of my main things too, is like, I don't want my kids to be like the side, like, I don't know, like the church doesn't come first in their eyes like yeah. there's somebody here to take care of them yes yep all right um what is your role to your spouse like and or your family um to you i mean i've talked about this just being your sounding board being mm-hmm. here for you mm-hmm. being your encourager your number one fan mm-hmm. and i it, just to talk about that, I she is. I I do think you need to be very encouraging because oftentimes it can just be it can be naturally discouraging, not because people may even be blasting you or something. It's just like you're carrying the weight of a lot of people, uh, the burdens that they're carrying, and you're trying to shepherd them and care for them. And so you just need you do need a lot of encouragement. Um, and I would say you just said something else that triggered something for me. Um, Number one fan. Number one, yeah. So number one fan, but with realistic, with realism in mind, like not over the top where it's like you can do no wrong. Like there's plenty of times yeah. where you're like that wasn't great. Like you didn't do. But great you with can it. still be a fan. Correct. Like, and you know they're not gonna they're gonna screw up every yeah. once in a while. Yep, and you let me know. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. probably another help that you give me is you're like. That wasn't okay. You need to go address that. But as my role as our family, I mean, 
that has shifted a little bit this year with me going back to work. But for a long time, I stayed at home with the kids, um, and it was, it's a struggle to work on a one-income family. Yeah, it can be. And uh, we chose to sacrifice for other reasons. And... Yes, and with Abel um, being autistic, especially before he was diagnosed, he had a lot of therapies that came to the house, which I'm so thankful they came to the house, but... That was a lot in itself, like people being here every day, um, him t- taking care of him, taking care of the girls. So you, you've shared our oldest has an autoimmune disease. She has type 1 diabetes. Emily has type 1 diabetes. Ayla is just a handful. She's, <laughs> she's the go-getter. She's the, she's the pistol. She, she does a lot of really cool things, but she's a pistol. She's not my personality. That's probably yeah. why we clash a little bit. But And then Abel. And Abel is autistic. Um, he's great. It was a struggle. Yeah. The older he gets, the better it the better life gets. Mm-hmm. He's able to communicate better, um, take care of his own needs, stuff like that. With that. How have you seen, because we've been in two different churches with that being true, how have you seen the church respond to one of their pastors and one of their uh, church staff families having really tough special need situations and navigating? I feel like it's not fair to the first church because we weren't there very long Mm -hmm. after Amelie was diagnosed. And Abel was still a baby, and he wasn't he wasn't acting any different. Yep. Like, I never noticed anything while we were there. Um, the church we're at now is great. Like, I mean, we have two campuses, and I feel like even taking him to the other campus, he still does really great. The workers there love him. Like, I don't even know these people, and they love on him. He... I've never been called that he's having a meltdown, especially our our campus. Um, they go out of their way for Abel. Like, they put him in the classes they feel like he can handle. Uh, they push him. Yeah. They push him to do other things like the other kids, and eventually he's, a, he's a little stubborn, but he'll get to it. So what would you say if there if there's a family out there that does have special needs situations? What are what are just like one or two things that you would recommend, like especially if they're looking for a church? What are one or two things that you would just say look for this in the heartbeat of the church to know that they're gonna help out with your family, or or support you? Probably not help out, but just support you in what like you're going through. Just visiting church or like going there to work. Going, like, you're going to take a position there, yeah. I mean, I'd really talk with the people that work in the kids' ministries just to get a feel for what they do. Some churches have special needs Mm -hmm. ministries. We don't really, but we've had some other kids with special needs that we are always willing to accommodate, um, whether it's just having someone back there extra, um if they need to stay back from like loud areas, things like that. Um, maybe ask them 
what kind of play equipment, things like that, because Abel really loves army guys, <laughs> and those have followed him through every room yeah. so far at our church. Yep. Um, just things like that. Okay. What are some red flags? So if if you're a spouse walking in, your your spouse is is going through the church interview process. Maybe you're not in there because they're hiring your husband or wife, and so you're not really in the interview process until maybe the very very end where you're just like getting to know somebody. Maybe go out to lunch or something. How do you navigate that to kind of catch some red flags where you're like, did you notice this? Are did you pay attention to this? Did you hear him say this? Like. How, what, how do you know, or what are some red flags where that would instantly kind of shoot something up at you? Um, definitely, if it doesn't feel like a church you would be at, that would Explain be a red a flag. Bit. Everyone's different. So, mm -hmm. like, the church we have now is very pretty contemporary. Mm -hmm. And, like, some people just, they don't like that. They like traditional. So, yep. like. That could be a red flag. Like, if you're a very traditional person going to a church like that, okay. you might not feel comfortable with it. They might get a weird vibe from you. So make sure that whatever church you're going to fits your family. Like, this is, yeah, this is like, the environment we would want to be in. Yes. Okay. All right. What's another red flag? Well, <laughs> one of the very first church you and I interviewed at. We weren't even married yet. Mm -hmm. And we went to the pastor before we interviewed with the elders and we're like, what do we need to know? Like, how should we dress? And he's like, oh, it's very casual, laid back, whatever. So we both show up. We have like jeans on. I wore a button down top. I and then, <laughs> yeah. And, we left and all the feedback was they didn't like the way we dressed. They didn't like the way I was sitting, <laughs> which I was just like usually across my leg, like under yeah. my leg. Yep. And I'm like that. No, like so if we're going to nitpick okay. that much, like it's probably not where we want to be. Yeah. So the red flag for you was just like a, a hyper criticism. Yeah, at, at like, it was us. just way too over the top for yeah. something that, like, we were still, I was still in college. Yeah. Like, I was 19. Were you? Yes, I was 19. <laughs> um, Conservative college, like, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't wearing something out there. Yeah. Or... yeah, it's still, what's shocking to me, I didn't, like, now I'm realizing you were 19, and after two decades of ministry, I'm realizing what that must have looked like. Uh, so I, I just kind of had a picture in my own head with all that. So any other red flags that might? Um, doctrinal things. Okay, Make so sure you align with the doctrine. All right. <clears throat> so those are some red flags that you've had show up or that you've paid attention to or maybe even learned from. What about what has become important to you? So, like, as we have looked for another church, what have you, like, gone? It's important that this is true about this next church. What are some of those things? Um. Well, I would love for them to love my children would be a big one. 
they need to learn and grow just as much as anybody else. Um, I do appreciate the church we're at right now and how everybody just feels welcome. Like mm. sometimes you can go to church and people don't want to set foot in the door because they feel like their sin is just on them and everybody sees that and is going to judge them for that. And our church doesn't like shy away from being like, if you are a Christian, yes, there's things you do need to work on. But like just the average Joe walking through the door, I feel like everybody is very friendly and loving and wants them to be there like they want them to learn and to grow and whether that's accepting jesus as our savior or just taking the next step in their walk with jesus i feel like a, we have a ton of cheerleaders at our church yeah i would say so i, I would say there's definitely an atmosphere of grace like immediately where um say multiple times where people just messed up and it could be small it could be big and there's there's an atmosphere of grace where we're going to move forward we expect to move forward but there's also like okay like i think you're i would expect us. that grace to extend to you as well as their mm-hmm. pastor like you are they look up to you but you shouldn't just be put on a pedestal and if you fall down like some churches are like you're done but i think the church you're at right now is very grace filled mm-hmm. towards you as well i think so too is there anything else i do this is just my own personal preference yeah. but i do appreciate we're a little, we're more contemporary a little bit more out there it just reminds me of like when we were in college and our college ministry. Like I feel like that is just extended to everybody and I appreciate that, but I know a lot of people do it prefer fits us, yeah. yeah, it fits us. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you want traditional church, go for it. Like if that's what you are looking for, look for that. Yeah, whatever's gonna support your family to keep growing yeah yeah Yeah. make sure it's an atmosphere where you can thrive and be comfortable um comfortable in the right way like i think if god's working on you you're always going to be a little bit uncomfortable because you're getting stretched and you're growing and stuff but there's also a comfortability in the area i feel like our church now i can be myself like that i you just said what i I can dress the way like I've been to churches before that are like, why aren't you wearing a dress this week? I'm sorry. I wore a dress every day in college. Like, <laughs> I was a little over it by then. Uh, I have blue hair. I was going to say blue I hair. Mean, That's not, a pretty obvious one. Some people have, like, said not nothing negative, but just in passing. But that's fine with me. Like, I can be myself. I can wear what I feel comfortable wearing. Um, 
my kids don't like nobody's there to judge my kids um pastors kids can get a bad rap for things and i would say that they are not held to a, a standard that no. any other and i don't think i'm held yeah. to a standard either i don't think so either mm -mm. so right and i would say that i'm not held to uh, an unrealistic standard outside of any other pastor that's in, within our church or maybe even within our area like there's a certain level of leadership ability you have to have as a pastor. And I think I'm held to that standard, but I don't think it's unrealistic unreal mm -hmm. either. Yeah. Okay. What about self-care? How, how would you encourage them to take care of themselves? So self-care is my favorite. And I believe that everybody should be practicing some form of self-care. I remember when... I think it was like right after I had Abel, it was possibly right after Amelie got diagnosed with diabetes. Um, I just remember doing all the things like worrying about her not sleeping at night, um, taking care of a newborn and a diabetic's like taking care of a newborn, especially when they're first newly diagnosed. I remember one day just going in the bathroom and shutting the door and taking a bath and I'm just like <sighs> like it was just like that like I remember crying in the bathtub I remember it's just it's so important to take care of yourself because you can't take care of other people like yeah. you can for a while but you run out of gas so give like two or three things that doesn't matter if they're man or woman, but two or three things that maybe they could do to to help them start thinking through like how do I take care of myself? Because they there could be some that are listening to this that uh, they're this is gonna be their first ministry, so they don't even know what they're about to walk into really. So um, I would take a self evaluation and be like, what do I enjoy doing? what fills my cup what brings me joy um what brings me peace like some of the things i enjoy doing which not everyone's gonna like this but i take a bath almost every night mm -hmm. and while i'm in the bath i read a book mm -hmm. and i try to mix it up i read fiction i read non-fiction bible related books um just so i can get that wide yeah array of do you do anything else for self-care so you got that one just to give ideas like this may be true for them may not be true but just um, give ideas well so recently since i started a new job i mean not everybody has the money to spend on things but mm -hmm. i do love um skincare clothes um you have gotten me a subscription box for christmas the last several years which mm -hmm. helps me to be able to like try new products mm -hmm. but i know like a lot of people can't afford those things so like if you don't have the budget like if you love to read go to the library or if you can't get a gym membership find a walking trail like we have the greatest walking trail by our house like one year that's all i did was walk and walk and walk and it was it was really good for me 
stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, some of the things that I do, I I do run. Um, I enjoy jelly beans. So, like, to me, that's kind of self-care where I'm just going to indulge a little bit in some jelly beans. Uh, what's something else I do? I'm, I play video games, and so that surprises people sometimes. But there are times, like, I... I get things in my head and I have to do things that just help it like work out of my brain and video games in a weird way just helps me work things out. Uh, and so, and so does running both of those things kind of help me work it out. So yeah. I mean, I things. think too, like I know like being a pastor, like a lot, mo the majority of them don't make a lot of money. So finding like, if you put in a little bit of effort, you can find things. Like if you enjoy spending time with your kids, Look for those, like, free bowling or, like, our town has free older movies during mm -hmm. the summer or free swim day. And, like, it's not like you're not going to go swimming all day, but it's just enough. Like, yeah. and you get to make memories and not spend any money. Yep. So, just, I appreciate self-care. I know you do. All right. Um, how do you? Is there? Do you do anything like you don't take yourself very seriously? Like you, you do have fun uh, in life. You do have fun with your friends. You do have fun with ministry and as a family. How do you keep yourself from from taking yourself too seriously? Um, I just love, I love to joke around. I love to be sarcastic. Um, I love spending time with my parents, mm -hmm. which my mom definitely loves to joke around and mm -hmm. <laughs> be a little sarcastic. So I just try to be around things and people that are going to appreciate that or they're not going to, like, bring you down and just make you, like, be serious. And, like, okay. obviously you have to be serious and get your work done and things like that. But, I mean, you only get one life and it should be fun. <laughs> <clears throat> what is one tool or piece of knowledge or wisdom or whatever? fill in the blank what's one thing that uh you wish you had from the beginning so you jumped in you were 21 when we went to our first church right yeah so you're very young what's one thing like if you could go back almost two decades to your 21 year old self and go you need this when you jump into ministry what would what would that thing be i feel like it would be to like just trust your instincts um like god put something on in your heart and your life and there's like i mean our first church i had someone come up to me because i only worked part-time at a church and like our goal as a married couple was like i was eventually we were gonna have kids and i was gonna stay home mm -hmm. and i remember someone coming up to me and be just being like that's not how it works like your husband's in ministry he's probably not gonna make a lot of money 
um, you're going to have to work. You're going to have to provide insurance. And I'm like, no, God did not call me to that. Like, he called me to be a mother one day. And we agreed, like, we, I was going to stay home. And I know that's not for everybody, but that's what God laid on our hearts. So, like, there's going to be a lot of negative people just saying things to you and if that's not God's calling on your life just just let it go like yeah, it, it may not be that you have to leave it just but you do have to let it go and just go that's not for us and sometimes it's just seasons too like yes I I am a, I was a stay-at-home mom and I am working now but like God put it on my heart real randomly like Maybe I should just be a school cook. Like, I work the same hours. The kids are at school. I'll have summers off. And it actually, like, it happened. And yep. crazy. Like, as soon as Abel got into kindergarten, the Lunch sub lady. job was up, and I signed up to sub. So, yep. um, just God just uses, he places stuff on your heart. Don't let people... Talk you out of it. Yeah. You're the cutest lunch lady that I've ever seen. So that's just me. That's me, though. Okay. Yeah. What are one or two books or more? Because I know you have more. <laughs> okay. What are several books that you would recommend for spouses of church staff or pastors? So I read a large variety of books. I try to keep them like nonfiction, things like that, fiction books. I try yeah. to keep very clean. I'm not really not going to be reading anything yeah. questionable. Yeah. Um, but I did have some. Show them off, yeah. So some of these are older and some of them are newer. That's okay. You're allowed. Um, both those uh, Lisa Turkhurst, it's not supposed to be this way. I'm very drawn to especially women who have been through a lot in life. Yep. Like, you can learn a lot from people that have walked through those really crazy storms. Like, and that's what I needed in the moment. Like, with two kids being diagnosed with two different things in a span of two years, it, it was a lot on us. Um, Especially, like, you um, went through some depression right after Abel was diagnosed. I feel like I have experienced depression on and off. I feel like I was depressed while you were depressed, but somebody had to keep the family going, and that's probably the reason I got out of bed every day. Yep. Um, one time while I was depressed, a couple years back, I read um, A Love Worth Giving by Max Licato, and he just goes through the love chapter. Mm -hmm. And I told, well, I told you, I was like, Max's writing just feels like a warm hug. Yep. Like, like this had nothing to do with, like, depression or anxiety or whatever. It's just talking about love and God's love. And I'm like, this was a great book to have. Um. 
This one I read last year, Suffering is Never for Nothing, Elizabeth Elliot. She went through a lot in her life. Um, mm -hmm. She had two husbands that passed away. And then last fall, I really went through a bout of depression, probably the worst I've ever had. Um, and it was just, I feel like I was being gaslit to some level. And so you kept telling me to read uh, this book. It's Soundtracks by John Acuff. Yep. Um, because I was believing things that other people were perceiving of me or telling me that I was. Yep. And I couldn't, I was starting to believe them. And, uh, and you were like, that's not who you are. And like this book talks about that and like uh, getting rid of the broken soundtracks in our life and putting positive ones, like saying affirmations in the morning, um, just doing different things throughout your day to show that you can do these certain things. Um, one one of my favorite, a really great book. Yeah, one of my favorite quotes of John is not in this book; it's in a different book, but it it carries out that idea in this book. Uh, one, but one of my favorite quotes of him is, "I'm sorry, I don't live up to the made up rules you've created for other people," <laughs> and it's like, I use that a lot. Where it's like, I mean, why is that a rule? Well, because I think that's how it should be. Well, I'm sorry I don't live up to the made-up rules you've created for other people. Like, you can create that rule for yourself if you want to, but don't hold me to a made-up standard. Like, yeah. it's a God standard. Okay, that's in Scripture, but it's a made-up thing. Don't hold me to that. So, like, that's a rule you, you made. That's, side note, that's why baseball can be frustrating. Made-up made rules, like just unwritten rules. All right. What would you say to encourage those that may be struggling? So it could be a spouse that's watching their husband or wife walk through a very difficult season in ministry right now, or maybe they are uh, just being in the ministry setting that they're in. What, what's a piece of encouragement you could give them? Just keep walking and keep getting up every day. Um, during that time that you were very depressed, it was very hard to watch. Um, I felt like I was depressed, but I kept getting up every day. I kept praying for you. I kept trying to find solutions. And usually you can find one. But sometimes it's not what you were expecting. Um, like when you were depressed, we tried all the things like um, counseling reading books, watching different videos. And it was the one most random thing, like talking to your person that does like personality tests yep. for church that like instantly snapped you out of it. Yep. And just keep looking for those solutions because, I mean, God's always with us mm -hmm. and... Like, things are temporary, and sometimes they're forever, and sometimes they're not. I mean, Amelie's always going to have diabetes, and... Until she gets a... She, until she yes, figures out a cure. <laughs> but it's gotten so much better. Yeah. As you... With time, yeah. 
walking the path. Hindsight. You got a little bit of yeah. hindsight behind you where you can kind of see how those things came together for you. Yeah. Um. Any last words? I think that's all I've got for questions. Anything you'd like to say to wrap up our time? Um, I just feel like being a pastor's wife is very rewarding. Like, I mean, I serve at our church. I would say I definitely don't do nearly as much as you do, but just watching you grow and, um, take on leadership, like more and more leadership has been rewarding to watch. Like, we've grown up together. We're practically, I mean, I've been with you half my life, so. um, The better half. Keep supporting your spouse. um, Be there for your kids. And just keep following the path God has for you. Did did my joke not land there? No. (laughs) Uh, I don't even know what you said. I said, I, you said I've, we've been together for half your life, and I said the better half. Yeah, the better half. Okay, all right. That's that's good. And I'm still just 24 years old. <laughs> we did not get together when you I were got, 12. I got a lot. We got a long way to go. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, I appreciate you being on with me and sharing our story and sharing your story and kind of i didn't even know some of those things it's really cool even hearing some of your perspective with all of it so thank you so much for uh sharing the spouse side of this whole thing no problem i hope you found that conversation uh helpful uh maybe just even on a, a marital level between you and your spouse and just navigating church ministry if you're if you're tuning in more to just support the church staff that you have maybe you just attend the church i hope it pulled back the veil a little bit to see what might be happening with your pastor and his family or or your church staff member maybe your ministry director and their family uh we 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 want to be encouraging to them uh as we're encouraging you as a as a church member so Make sure you're constantly encouraging. It can get very discouraging just because you're carrying the weight of a lot of people. And uh, when they're having downs, you're having downs. And when they're having rough seasons, you're you're trying to help them navigate it. And sometimes you just need some people that are willing to pour back into you. And we've had such faithful people that have been willing to do that for us. Hopefully you've heard that in our story. If you would like to, if you would comment, you can go to social media or if you're on YouTube, you can uh, comment just in the comment section. Let us know some of the stories that you've had uh, for feedback, just what are some of the things that you've had to navigate? Also help us talk about even into the future uh, some topics to cover, maybe some people that we need to be interviewing and and having a conversation with. Always feel free to give that feedback. Uh, I would love to connect with other people that I haven't already connected with. Uh, if you would, if you'd like, subscribe, uh, do all the things, write reviews. It's all it all helps in the algorithms to get us in front of other pastors, in front of other churches, in front of other church members that can help uh, church staff, pastors, and church members just get a little bit healthier, be a little bit more encouraged, get a little bit more equipped about what church life is all about as far as at the top on a church staff level. We want we want people to get to the to the finish line that God has put in front of them. And you can be a little, uh, just a small part of that 
if you like, subscribe, comment, do all the things. Thank you so much for checking us out, and I'll, I'll look forward to seeing you next time.